Hey, 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 everybody. Hello. Howdy. You got something in your throat there, Nick? Yeah, I do. Uh, this is episode 113 of the Big Planet Comics podcast. Lucky number 13. L- lucky 100. number 113. Uh, yeah, my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And uh, yeah, we're here to do what we do. We're doing the podcast. Podcast. Two weeks up. in a row. Imagine that. <laughs> wow, crazy. Good old school. Yeah, uh, we don't have a ton of stuff. It wasn't a big shipment this week. Yep. Shipments are what we call our books that come in when they ship them to us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're listening to the most comprehensive comics podcast on the internet. Mm-hmm. And we'll prove it. We'll prove it. I don't comprehend what's going on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Um, Two thirds of us. Yeah. So what's been going on, you guys? Uh, I did some things. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had another wood, wood bon, bonfire. Another event. one. Oh boy. Um, uh, I had to check myself for ticks afterwards, but it was pretty fun. <laughs> Definitely trade off. Huge bonfire. Talked about things, you know, things you do. Uh, I also s- saw X-Men. Did we yeah. talk about that already? We're, no, we're going to talk. I saw X-Men as well. Yeah, we all saw X-Men. We're going to talk about that later. We got a little spoiler section. We're going to talk about X-Men. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about original sin number three. Whoa. We're going to talk about. The Game last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Are we going to talk about Game of Thrones? We should. We're going to do a spoiler section. And some ham in the fridge. We're going to talk about ham in the fridge. What? New se- oh, actually, my, uh, yeah, there's ham in my fridge right now. <laughs> is it? Is it rotting? Yeah. No, it's uh, it just got made in a crock pot last night. Oh, wow. Good okay. What about you, Jared? What have you been up to? Uh, I went and saw Priest, a local punk band, which did their uh, release of their debut EP, which no, was a not super awesome the, show. The movie Priest? No. Sadly. Not Judas Priest? Isn't the movie Priest why Tokyo Pop went out of business? I hope Probably. so because that movie was not good. The guy that uh, I finally saw it. <clears throat> the guy that ran Tokyo Pop like dumped all his money into the movie Priest. Oh boy, boy and really? they went out of business. Well, so, they did not dump enough money into that script or the special effects. No East Coast Rising number two for yeah. you. Yeah. No. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, I heard Priest is really good. Yeah, they were cool. The band. Uh, she had a wig, a blonde wig with like you know bang cut, and then like down to the small of her back, which I didn't realize was a wig at first, and she was totally head banging. It was really cool. Did she pull it off? No. She didn't pull it off. She pulled <laughs> didn't off look the good. show, but did not pull off the wig. Oh, no, the wig looked great. That's I didn't realize it was a wig. Didn't hey, said it, this wig was hot. That's that's uh, wig news. Wig news. <laughs> uh, and further wig news. We talk about wigs. We talk about the wig party. Further wig news. <laughs> How about all those wigs in X Men? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, you know, yeah. Can we? T- well, yeah, we'll talk about X Men later. I want to talk about how happy I am that Beast didn't wear his glasses when he was Beast this time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was nice. Um, Except, so wait, yeah. How did spoiler. he see? Does he have like nearsighted and farsighted when he's the Beast? Yeah, he's Beast. No, but does it switch? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> Spoilers, man. We'll talk about. Yeah, it yeah. Later. We'll talk about oh, it later. Sorry, I, didn't uh, spoil that. I didn't do anything. Nothing? Nothing at all. Nothing? That's a good change. Did I do anything? Sometimes you guys tell me what I did. You do a lot of stuff that you forget. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. I remember, like, who directed what episode of Buffy, but I don't remember what I did. you go to Trader did. Joe's? No, I didn't go to Trader oh, Joe's. Man. My roommate works at Trader Joe's, so if I need something from Trader Joe's, she gets it. Nice. nice. I fried some catfish. Oh, that's good. Nice. My wife made a, a Neapolitan cake. Oh, that sounds yeah. amazing. So three layers, one with uh, vanilla frosting, one with chocolate frosting, and one with strawberry frosting. Was it just a frosting cake? <laughs> it was just a frosting cake. It was just three, <laughs> three layers of, of frosting buttercream cake. frosting. Oh, my God. It'll make you go good. poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> sounds delicious. Um, I would eat it anyway. I, I watched the, uh, the Boom Goes the Dynamite video. Nice. Again oh, tonight. It's been a long time. So long. It's yeah. good stuff. Need to reload. He passes to the man. Oh, I did hang, <laughs> hang out with Box Brown. Oh yeah, we had our signing. Oh yeah, you yeah, guys yeah, did that. Talk about that. That's the thing Which that happened. Pretty fun. Yeah. In Vienna, we got a new table. Oh, yeah. A new display table. table. Nice. Very nice. It's got actually. red legs. Oh wait, you got shelves put up. And we got some shelves. We put some back issues up. They look great. They look great. Yeah. Possibly yeah. some back issues coming to East Street. That's about it. I've been working. Yeah, working for the man. Yeah. 
Yep, for the man named Jared. That too. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> drunk, uh, yeah. of that, uh, drunk off of that, gl- what is it? Um, gluten? No. Yeah, up in that, <laughs> what, from grinding up in that club? Uh, <laughs> what? Drunken in love, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. What is that called? Surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> what is that wine called? The uh, boiled wine? Boiled wine? Sangria? No. Mold wine. Mold wine? It's called a gulp. Something with a G. Oh, big gulp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, branching out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about Tremors a little earlier. So yeah. that's something I was doing. I was having a conversation about Tremors. No. Tremors My favorite actor is great. Kevin Sausage. a Caesar or something. Uh, hey, little little just personal tidbit. If uh, if I if my mother had never been married, uh, my name would have been Kevin Bacon. Nice. Get so, out. It's true. Yeah. Nice. You're like, you sure weren't like Kevin Pinchetta or something? No. Pinchetta? Kevin Kevin Bacon. Yeah. That would have been me. Would have been Kevin Pinchetta. Yeah. So uh, so how? Yeah, yeah. It was. They had very similar last names. Uh, so how did the Box Brown signing go? That's awesome. Uh, he and Pat Olicio. Oh, I went to Charlottesville and saw their signing down there too. There you go. The I awesome knew Jared did Telegraph something. Galleries. Yeah, it's a very cool store. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, he and Pat Alessio came in. Uh, they somehow got crammed into our very small DC store on U Street. A little crowded. Uh, I don't know. It was awesome. It was fun. We had a good turnout. We a had a lot of people, people that had a uh, insane knowledge of wrestling. There was some wrestling Even more than uh, Box. Yeah. Uh, Box got, got stumped a few times. He got times. boxed out? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, having been at a convention with him up at TCAF, there are definitely a lot of people who want to talk wrestling in the comics world. I heard a lot of wrestling stories. Mm-hmm. I did watch the new wrestling pay-per-view, Payback. How was it? It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Did somebody get paid back? Uh, yeah, a lot of people. There was a lot of payback. Yeah. Uh, also, I... Uh, taking out loans? I or? got Mario Kart 8. Oh, that's me. Yeah, so I had a party, and a bunch of people came over and played Mario Kart 8. I'm going to go play it right now. Um, sorry, this is the first you guys are hearing about this. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You got to save it. Yeah. Um, Exciting release. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We Just a few people came over. We played through all of the levels. Wow. New Rainbow Road is good. I just saw a mouse run across the floor. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, hey, come on down to Big Planet Comics. We have our resident yeah. mouse. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Stuart he, Little. He's cute. He, he only comes out at night. Stuart Little, the sixth Beatle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is he getting ready to go to the barn to put on some clothes? Uh, I think that's Stuart Little 3. Mm-hmm. I believe the script for Stuart Little 2 was written by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> that bad? Yeah, that's I may probably have, accurate. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, well, that's cool. I'm glad the Box Brown signing went well. Hey, Jared, do we have any other events coming up? Oh, we might. Uh, let's see. We've got on June 21st, free role-playing game day. Stop by RVNet or College Park stores and get some free role-playing stuff. And then uh, we actually have another signing coming up on Wednesday, June 25th at our Bethesda store. David Lasky is signing the Carter family. It'll be great. And then on Friday, July 4th, our 28th anniversary sale. All day, Get it. all stores, 20% off or 28% off. Oh, that'd be crazy. We should do 28% off. But then what no, about we, when it's our 40th it. anniversary yeah. store? Yeah. 100 years of going out of business. <laughs> come um, be with us. Yeah, so uh, come buy that stuff. And, we're, and we'll be announcing some more We've stuff some pretty stuff soon. in the works. Exciting stuff. Speaking of announcements, a lot of announcements in the comics world this week, guys. Let's do some news. This just it. All of our news is Marvel movie. Really? <laughs> Again. Hey, let's throw it over to Nick, our scoops man on the street. At the All Marvel right, Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First up, we got Adam McKay, in and out of Ant-Man. Uh, not the way that sounds, but he was <laughs> he was signed up to direct Ant-Man after uh, Edgar Wright left, and then he also left. <laughs> yeah, was that in like one day? Yeah. So wow. now there's uh, kind of, it's up in the air. So why did he leave? 
Well, he just had other things to do. Oh. <laughs> so why did he say he could do it? Or was, was it like, not locked in? No, he was just in the negotiating process. Oh. He's he like, was like, I got other stuff to do. He's like, I might I, be able to do it. And then, no. nah, I got I to do this. Other thing. Hopefully, he's doing Step Brothers too. I want that. Oh, sweet. Great. Talladega Nights too. Yeah. Old school too. And then Marvel also announced that they're, uh, they may have a director for, I guess this isn't official. This might be more of a rumor. They have a director for its Doctor Strange movie, which also announcement that they have a Doctor Strange movie. I'm looking at uh, the movies that this guy directed. Yeah, not uh, not giving me any hope <laughs> here at all. I think it's cool that they picked a horror director, uh, Scott Derrickson, but it looks like he directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Never saw it. Not good. Probably not good. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Which I heard was terrible. Oh, with Keanu Reeves. With Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, not as a robot, but as a robot. Yeah. And uh, he's directing Deliver Us from Evil. Is that that like found footage movie where the lady's pregnant with a devil baby? It might be. Could be. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Excitement. Yeah. And then I heard... Well, oh, no. That's not true. Somebody... And he also directed Sinister, right? Maybe. And then somebody was like, with Ethan Hawke. And I was like, Ethan Hawke's going to be Doctor Strange? That's cool. And they were like, no, Ethan Hawke was in Sinister. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know what... Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see. Maybe it'll be... I don't know. Who do you guys think would be a good D-Strange? I don't know. Oh, man. All right. Cool. Go to, like, Guillermo del Toro. All right. Let's do some reviews. <laughs> Wait, like... You, no, I mean, like, a good actor. actor. Yeah, yeah. A good oh, actor. A good actor. Yeah. Um, Benicio del Toro. Hey, I'd be behind that. That'd be, be kind of awesome, too. actually. Yeah. I think Jeremy Davies would be a really good He'd Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. He was on Lost and the oh, movie yeah. Spanking the Monkey. Yeah. Man, I saw that <laughs> like, like 20 years ago. years ago. Yeah, I saw yeah. that in college. What about you, Nick? Who, who, would you, who would you go oh, with? Oh, man. Jeremy Davies is pretty great. Um, other than that. Do you think they might pick a non-white I got Doctor it. Strange? Yep. Sandra Oh. Wait, from Sideways <laughs> and Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, she was a doctor, right? Yeah, she Perfect. was a doctor. She doctor was a, Strange. a strange doctor. But she get um house. <laughs> oh, just that guy house. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. No, house. <laughs> they <laughs> should get a house. <laughs> well, Hugh Laurie is Doctor Strange. Well, ego the living house. How incredible would that oh, be? Man. Uh, sure. Yeah? Yeah. He's like, yeah. That's, he's, that'd be he's fine. He's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. He'd be in a movie. Downey he's Jr. been in movies. Robert Downey Jr. I think. That's strange. Has Hugh Laurie been in movies? He yeah. must have been. Yeah, of course. Was he in Lord yeah. of the Rings? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was the ring. Maybe, he's Hugh, maybe I'm thinking <laughs> of Hugo Weaving. You are. Uh, yeah, so. There's uh, one more piece of Marvel news. Well, that's true. Uh, Josh Brolin is signed on to play Thanos in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, then so probably Avengers pick they, three. They already fired Thanos from Avengers one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. I don't. Who, Marvel's doing a lot of turnover. Did they even say who played Thanos in Avengers one. That would be no. I'm the assuming. I'm, generated ass- I'm assuming all of it's going to be CGI, and he's yeah. just going to do the voice. You think? But I don't imagine they'll do motion. They might do motion capture. The movie's about to come out. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go in and like film a bunch of scenes with him. And because reportedly, there's another rumor that uh, um, Thanos appears throughout the 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 movie mostly as like a hologram, like the Emperor from like. Uh, Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, just because they, they just... Adam in if he's just small bit part. I, th- I feel like just because they just announced that Josh Brolin is playing Thanos doesn't mean that he just got cast. You know what I mean? Oh, they could have been like... True. Yeah, yeah. He could have already... This is this is just like, you know, their we press release. He already kind of looked like Josh Brolin. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, did they just pick him so that they wouldn't have to do any makeup on the chin? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I like Josh Brolin. He was in Goonies. Yeah. Yeah, I loved no him in No Country Goonies. for Old Men. He was in No Country, no country for, old for Old Goonies. Yeah. Um... Far, Fargo in the Southwest. So yeah, I mean, uh, in the movie, um, obviously Thanos is in charge of uh, everything. He he he's the leader of uh, the bad guys. <laughs> he's in charge of all dimensions. He's in charge of everything. He's Thanos is uh, he's Thanos. He's uh, Ronan's boss and uh, Nebula's boss. I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I like the poster that just says "You're welcome." Yeah, yep. they they know how to play the game so yeah. much better than everyone else. Yeah. So uh, any DC news? No. 
Uh, DC Futures End Month announced. Yeah, that's we, something we did since we last just, podcast. We just ordered the oh, 3D yeah. covers for um, September. Right? Hold on to your 3D hats. Yeah, so September is it? September always the big month. We were talking before the podcast about maybe. Uh, Picking a few things out of previews every month and talking about them. Well, if you if you listeners, you loyal listeners, think that that's a good idea, hey, let us know. The yep. crazy thing is we sorted those 3D covers for September, and our the next order we do is for August. Yep. Because yeah. they had to order them so far in advance because they have to send them to China to get made. They brought them on Mars. Um, <laughs> I wish. Oh, it's going to be a disaster. It only takes 30 seconds to get to Mars. Yeah. But to get back, it takes a long time. So basically, yeah, look for right. all the crappy books, and those are going to be the hard-to-find <laughs> 3D covers. Because nobody cause ordered them. Nobody ordered extra. Like, we didn't order extra amounts of a certain thing. You know? Do you think anybody's going to care about th- these 3D covers, it's though? It's really hard to tell. Probably. I mean, some of them are legitimately going to be rare books just because no one ordered a lot. I feel like the last time it was this Villains Month thing. Yeah. And most of the books, let's be honest, were not very we're good. Not, no. uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it was a new thing. Yep. At least and this one. those are all one-shots of a villain. At least this, book. Well, these are yeah. all one-shots, too. But at least. No, but these are, like, part of the ongoing storyline. No, you know? it's not. No, they're, conno- they're all. See, that's the other thing. They're all connected right, right, but I'm to saying Future's it's like, End. It's a Batman Future's End story. It's not, like, a completely it's all, random Right, right. It's the same character. It's all a possible feature. Yeah. Also. Uh, that reminds me that there's another funny piece of news that uh, um, Marvel announced the um, we're talking new, here. new Avengers on. Avengers uh, crossover that's kind of like the wrap up of all their incursion things yeah. and it skips ahead eight months but they're like uh, it's eight months uh, to not a possible future but a definite future and this is where all of the books will lead to <laughs> just kind of to Again, stick, twist, stick it to DC because DC, DC is like oh it's five years later it could happen well but then Marvel's also doing their like hey our thing that's like the Marvel hundredth like oh yeah, hundredth yeah. year that could happen too. Yeah, but that yeah. one's like a hundred years in the future or something. And also, it's like by James Stoko, which is, yeah. they've already which done. It's like that was the whole twenty ninety nine thing. Well, this is twenty thirty nine, exactly. But whatever, I don't care. There's a book by James Stoko and Avengers book, so it's going to be, be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I think the thing with these DC books is they're connected to Future's End, which I don't know how it's doing at other stores, but for us, it's not exactly a blockbuster. Yeah, and it's, it's like mid level really good. good. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I feel like Batman Eternal is doing pretty well yeah. for a weekly book, but uh, Future's End there just doesn't seem to be a ton of interest in it. No, it's uh, it's not very good. It's so separate from everything. Like I thought, I thought Fifty Two was good. That was like their first yeah, weekly that series, was right? That was great, yeah. And then uh, yeah, it was they, they had a bunch of really good people working. Then on Countdown, it. Countdown. Uh, I think t- was Trinity the second one. No, that was the third one. Yeah, so there was Countdown, and then there was Trinity, and those yep. kind of it was like diminishing returns on all, those the, all the love. Yeah, and then Countdown uh, was definitely the worst. Yeah, Countdown. That whole thing was a mess anyway because there was Countdown, and then there was uh, Death of the New Gods, yeah. and then there was Final Crisis One, oh, all and all three time. of them yeah. depicted uh, a totally different way that um, Orion, Orion dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a mess. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see how these do. I don't yeah. know. Yep. Not too excited. The 3D covers. That month I feel I'm not going to read a lot of DC books. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate, too, because I feel like DC's starting to get a little better for yeah, me. They yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. are. But, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this John Romita, Jeff John's uh, Superman book does, too, maybe. Tune in next week. Or two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Tune in. Tune in every week. Yeah, tune in every week. Don't just wait till we review Don't that untune. Superman book. <laughs> it might be two weeks from now. Come back. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Uh, cool. Well, that's it for news. We do have a few questions, though, this week. Thanks. Do we? Yeah. We do. We've Whoa, got three. Exciting. Should we Who answer places? them? Yeah. We and I think most of them are multi-part. So here we go. Try to. All right. Our first question is from Eli. Loyal podcast questioner. Eli has three questions. Oh. Numbered one, two, and two. What? Yeah. <laughs> Which but, one are we starting with? Uh, I think we're going to start with one. Okay. 
So we're going to do it in the traditional order. One, uh, two, two. Yeah, that's the traditional order. Uh, question number one. I never would have thought I'd say this, but I'm starting to get annoyed with movies based on comic books and the large amount of hype that surrounds them. Do you foresee yourselves ever getting tired of these movies? Hmm. Um, in some ways, yes. But it's it's largely a quality thing. I'm going to say no. Yeah. Only because, I mean, it would have to be a crazy amount. Because at this point... I'm I mean, caught in the crossfire here, you guys. There, there's, <laughs> there, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them every year, but totally, you know what, like this year there's, well, like eight. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not even that many. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but like, do you remember like when there was one? Yeah. Like yeah. every three no, years? I mean, that's yeah. a lot. Batman, <laughs> but like I wouldn't get tired of seeing eight superhero movies a year. I would get tired of seeing like 30 superhero movies a year, but like eight is fine. You know, whatever. Mm. Yeah. I, to me, it's like. I like one every it, few months. I, I'll get tired of the bad ones and I'll still enjoy the good ones. Yeah. Right. Um, I think Marvel's doing fun stuff with their movies right now, so I'm I'm not there yet. Right. And as long as they stay good. And Marvel like, at this point only has like two a year. Yeah. I mean, no. they, they just have Captain America and uh, nope, Spider Man. No, X-Men, well, that's, Guardians. That's not of the one of the Marvel. It's still movies. All. those are superhero movies. Those yeah. are, those all but count. No, I'm, I'm saying of like the Marvel. Studios I am talking about movies. Marvel Studios. Yeah, Marvel well, Studios. That's different, but they, that's they not they his question. Two a year. His so. question is talking about superhero movies, no, and I, there are a lot coming out. Hey, Jared, I, we're I, breaking I, down the question. We're I, talking about I, different I got that. <laughs> sections yeah. of superhero movies. I'm saying, yeah, I'm getting tired of like I'll get tired of certain things like. When there's a Sinister Six movie and a Venom movie, I might not be as interested. Um, I haven't even seen the new Spider-Man. But yet. I feel like the Marvel Studios movies, I'll always be interested just because they share this universe. And what um, if they put like Scott Derrickson on a movie? Would you still be? <laughs> <that? laughs> uh, you know, the, the weird thing is, I'm so interested in a Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yeah. That, I feel like Marvel can just pull it off anyway somehow. Because uh, I mean, the directors for. Um, for Captain America Winter Soldier, only did episodes of Community, so it's like... Really? Yeah. That's that, all they did before that. Really? Yeah. Wow. They yeah, had never a directed movie. a movie. But see, Community was good. The thing is, <laughs> like, the, yeah, the secret is Kevin Feig really directs all the movies, yeah. oh, <laughs> except really? for Avengers. I mean, pretty Who's much. Kevin Feig? Uh, he's the guy that runs the movie stuff at yeah. Marvel. So he's he's in there, and he's got his hands in everything. And so, yeah. far, so far, so good. Yeah. I mean, it was a little rocky at the beginning and I, I think it's getting better but yeah this ant-man stuff is not encouraging me no but that doesn't mean ant-man's gonna be a bad movie no you know, we'll see what it ends up being at the yeah. end um i'm not yeah i don't know i am i'm not tired of it yet that's all i'll say yeah. we'll uh, we'll see what happens when marv when netflix releases all those shows at once well, that's true all there that'll be like there'll be one every uh few months or something yeah but it'll be like you know a million hours yeah, like 13 episodes or something yeah. yeah but you know what i i um I didn't like Shield when it started, and I ended up liking that even. So, right. but, I mean, here's the thing: I read about that's true forty or fifty comics superhero. Uh, superhero is probably like twenty or thirty superhero comics a week. That's true. Um, Nick is the so eight core. movies a year is not yeah. really that big of a deal <laughs> to me. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, whatever. Barely um, did a few movies. You know, that's you know, that's true. Sixteen hours of my life, it's fine. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I guess also he talks about the sort of hype around them, and does that get tiring? I feel like it does a little bit. Uh, I would like to see more hype around actual comic books That's as opposed to weird. comic movies. Yeah. But uh, well, did you guys see that they're running like ads in movie theaters for like Miracle Man collections and stuff? Yeah, now? I really? saw that. Yeah, yeah. It, um, maybe for really Captain weird. America, it was like you know one of those advertising slides. They put up a big thing saying like Miracle Man now out in collection. Huh. That's weird. Speaking really of that, strange. did you hear that? Um, 
I feel like they waited until exactly when nobody cares anymore yeah, to start re-releasing. Did you guys Man. hear the anti-promotional thing with Fantastic Four? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Where, oh, uh, yeah. That should have been in there the was news. A, there was a rumor that um, Marvel is going to cancel Fantastic Four. Oh, I did hear about that. Um, when the movie, like, before the movie comes out so they don't have anything to promote it. Um, That's so stupid. And try to like, kill the movie. They want to that, kill it. Well, yeah, they, but they, to cancel the, the comic book? Well, they want to just... That will backfire. They, they want this movie to bomb as as bad as they possibly can. Right. But it's like, again, we've discussed this, like, the movie audience and the comic book audience is like, the nerds who but, would see the movie anyway won't have a comic book but to people read. Can still That's, come it. In. People, That's it. People can still come in and read, nope. like, a million... Oh, sure. I'm comics. just saying that there, it will have no crossover effect. Yeah, no. I think they just want... It will just be a petty move. They're like, anything that we can do. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> pe- it's kind of petty, but it's also like... I, how great would it be if they got their Fantastic Four rights back? That would be. Nice. I want this movie to bomb. Um, yeah, like I, I, you know, I mean, I also want it to be good, but at the same time, I would be happy if it was terrible and bombed and they yeah. lost the rights. The, to the it. ideal situation is that it'll be a really great movie that's so weird that nobody will go see yeah, it. And yeah, it bombs terribly. <laughs> and it bombs terribly. And, uh, Marvel gets right. It'll do great as a cult movie. I want them to get the rights back to like all Roger their, Corman's Fantastic Four things. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would love to see him get the rights back to that stuff too. Uh, but you know. Well, that's probably not going to happen. No, because do they have to produce movies? I mean, can yeah. they do like it's a direct? Basically, I think as long as they maintain, can they make like a direct to DVD? I mean, the Fantastic movie, Four maybe. was was within you know a few months of not actually like they would lose the rights if they didn't make this. The movie. first one, if they don't make this movie in a certain amount of time, I think they still lose the rights. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It it would. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. If Fantastic Four really fits in the Marvel universe, but it'd be nice if they could use it too. They could totally be great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, why not? Yeah, the Batman can fit in there, you know. That's Guardians right. of the Galaxy can fit in. Yeah, there. Guardians and Doctor Strange, like they've stretched out enough that I think they can start trying that stuff. <laughs> That's the thing too with all these movies coming out. It's like, when do we get to the point where it's like, hey, everybody, check out the movie about uh, Hellcat? Well, that might be good though. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, that's a, that's my dream. <laughs> it's like, when do we get to the point where we're where you get like Hellcat. a Taskmaster movie? <laughs> yeah, Taskmaster. Wow, man. Um, <laughs> all right, question two. Because uh, uh, I hope that answered your question. I'm going to assume it did. Uh, which which do you prefer? The movies or the animated shows like Batman the Animated Series and Justice League? Well, if you're talking about those two particular things, I think Batman the Animated Series is probably the best uh, sort of filmed comic thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So uh, I definitely prefer that. I would say Dragon Ball is pretty good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Dragon Ball is kind of a mess. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, this question is more about, like, do you like the extended storytelling of a TV show versus the short I mean, two-hour thing of movies? I definitely prefer the animated uh, Dragon Ball to the live-action <laughs> oh, Dragon Ball true. Evolution. Uh, yeah. Avatar yeah. also trumps the movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the cartoons. Uh, uh, DC-wise, yes. Marvel-wise, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Marvel DC's cartoons got a really good great. cartoon studio. Like, Avengers Assemble is pretty great. Yeah, X Men Evolution was a fun. But cartoon. would I rather watch Avengers Assemble episodes or another Avengers movie? Well, yeah, I, I think the Avengers movie it. is definitely you know the cream of the crop with the movies yeah. too. So, uh, but I, I even as much as I love the Avengers movie, Batman the animated series best uh, filmed. It's pretty comic book Yeah, and I think ever. the thing about the the animated style is you can pull off like stylistic choices that won't work with real actors. So for something as stylized as a you know a very Gothamish well, we have, you know, noir yeah. Batman, it would work better. And as you a have TV an unlimited show. budget too. That's you know, true. It's not or like you can do a lot more with your right. budget. Yeah. And when people do make movies where they really try to ape the style of comic books, yeah. I think it does. It definitely does not work as no, well. No, like you look at something I mean. like Sin City, yeah. which I know a lot of people love, but that, that's I a terrible like that movie. movie. Um, I like that. Movie. <laughs> I, I like that why. movie. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, it's an awful. I'm excited about the second one. Me too. But not. Really, it's so sunken in the depths of like like borrowed 
uh, styles and stuff yeah. like it's like it's like hey let's base our visual style on a comic that bases its visual style on a movie <laughs> it's right. like it's i don't know it's it's really weird but um but it works for people who don't know what Sin City the comic is. I guess so. Uh, Which I... I don't like the comics in City either, so no. there you go. Uh, all right, and then question three, or 2B. Uh, what do you make of David Goyer's comments about comic books and comic book readers? Is this a DC Warner Brothers thing, or is it a fairly common attitude? I don't know what these comments are. Uh, oh, man, t- that was some news. I think they're talking about the She-Hulk out. thing. Yep. Oh, that. Uh, where I'm not going to repeat what he said because it was pretty offensive. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, to, in answer to the first question, what do I make of the comments? Uh, I just think David Goyer is a douchebag. Um, and is this a yep. DC Warner Brothers thing or is it a fairly common attitude? Uh, I think it's a fairly common attitude amongst yeah. people that are douchebags like David Goyer. Yeah. Um, people are just coasting to get money out of just anything or do their job or whatever. Yeah. He's uh, just like fans. everything I've seen from him. He's just like this kind of fast talking, you know, like if it was like 1986, he would have like a tiny ponytail <laughs> yep. and like a steel and glass office and stuff. <laughs> like I feel he just like seems a like a lot jerk. of people outside of the comics community also have a skewed view of exactly what comics are but he's yeah. in the comics industry he's written comics like yeah. he's an insider he's yeah, yeah. but he's he's definitely more of a hollywood guy than sure. a comics guy now especially and the yeah. comics he wrote were good yeah. i mean he did those jsa comics right with yep. uh with um jeff johns and those were great yep. but that was probably more jeff johns, johns than david yeah. goyer um yeah so i don't know i don't like any movies that david goyer writes so there's that do you do blade yeah I don't like the script for Blade. No. <laughs> uh, I don't like any of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies really that much. Oh, I or I don't like those. the scripts for them at least. Yeah. And Man of Steel was a mess. So yeah. I don't really care what David Goyer says. He seems like a jerk. You can David go... Goyer himself. Yeah. Go Goyer go away. Goyer, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for the question. Go your own way. <laughs> you can go your own way. Uh, and, and then he says, keep up the most excellent potting. We will. Thank you. Is that what it's called? Wild what? Stallions rule. Uh, all right, we've got a question from Kevin W. I'm glad he put it. His is that last... your other last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin uh, Walchetta. That, that's if his mom hadn't been married. Uh, Jared might know this. He says, "I have a ton of single issue comics I want to get rid of. I'm keeping the best of the best for myself, uh, for my future kids or whatever, I suppose. But I have boxes of stuff that's too mad to keep taking up space. What should I do with them? Are there any local charities or libraries that take single issues?" Um, we have definitely donated some stuff to like Goodwill, I think takes comic books. I think they still view them as like a potential, like collectible revenue source. So I'm not sure they quite treat them in the proper fashion of being like, here, these are all 50 cents or a dollar for kids or whatever. They'll be like, these are six bucks or something. Um, but I know there are some like, um, programs that take comics are just hard to find. It's really strange. Yeah. Because um, like a few places that would be interested in them have very like strict limits on what kind of comics they want to like, um, for example, like women's shelters. Right, right, but exactly. It's like, but then you don't want anything that's like, you know, got too much violence right. in it so that the kids might read them. Or, also, you know. a really good option is CSI recycling. <laughs> Just recycle your comics. Um, sure, but I think he's yeah, looking to do something a little better than that. So I know there, there are organizations where you can donate comics to soldiers. Yeah. Which is the thing that people that. do. I, I think we'll, we'll find, uh, I'll find the link to that and we'll put it in the show notes for this episode. Yes. Um, yeah, like like Nick was saying, like uh, there's some women's shelters and I know some children's hospitals will take po- comics. But again, like Jared said, that's like definitely, they'll take like kids' comics it, more yeah. than anything. So uh, they're not going to take your copies across or whatever. Yeah, probably not. Uh, yeah, so we'll put, a, we'll put a note in the on the show page for this and look for it. Uh, and then we've got a question from Pat. Pat says, I got a variant cover question. All right. 
Uh, I understand the point of variant covers made for conventions and other events. Those are like concert t-shirts. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also see the appeal of store-specific covers like you did for Lumberjanes. Hey, we did do that. Uh, these give retailers exclusive items for their customers. Uh, I don't get why publishers like Avatar and IDW need to have multiple covers for most of their books. What's the point? Love the podcast, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Well, there's uh, people that will buy all those covers. That's why. That's that's the truth. Yeah, that is the answer. That is the answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, stuff like Sandman always has two covers. People always buy both of them. That's um, not true because they're real Sandman. Some fans. people buy most of them. I mean, not most. Mo- people some of always. Them buy, like, a somebody, good amount. somebody will always buy both. Yeah, enough people. <laughs> Hey, you know, there's certain things like uh, a lot of those books have, uh, you know, like licensed properties as well, where it's like, um, you know, um, we have two covers to this, uh, you like know. Star Trek book or whatever. Like Star one will Trek be drawn book, by the yeah. interior artist and one will be like a photo of somebody, yeah. you know, and it's like some people want that. Some people want the other. It's it's uh, it, I do find it that for if you're like a regular customer, it can get really confusing. Yep. And for us, for shelving books and, and reordering and yeah. stuff, it gets really frustrating. Um I think sometimes variant covers can be fun. Yeah. I think in general they're just like it's it's a cash grab. They want people to buy multiple covers, and I that's most of the reason. But it's even going beyond that. I think some of them, if they are Avatar in particular, will do like the limited like five hundred copy edition cover. And I think that the publishers end up selling a lot of those through their own websites. Avatar is a big website, or at conventions. So I think yeah. it's uh, for a lot of them, it's a way to like underwrite a very low print run comic book and be like, if we have these, we can sell them for ten dollars each. Yeah, like Marvel and help and subsidize our comic books. Marvel and DC will have kind of these rare variants, but mostly it's uh, kind of for retailers to make yep. extra money. Yeah, those are more like prizes, and I think like, like, they, they even call them retailer incentives. Yeah, the retail incentives. So like you order this many, and like you know you can sell this one issue. And that's a thing that started those. back in the nineties. I think oh, the first boy. thing they did for that was that. Uh, spider-man platinum cover oh wow right. you know, and that was a retailer incentive where they sold one they sent one out to every store and then you know people ended up selling them for a bunch of money yeah and uh everybody still hopes that the uh mindset of the 90s will return i don't it's, it's something it's something <laughs> that definitely it feeds returns. into the kind of collector yeah um, which but it's all it's, it's not too bad as long as it's not overdone like i don't know i mean there's a there's a certain thing like where you got to have you know you got to keep these collectors kind of like looking for like these rare things. If somebody's into it, you know, whatever. No, you don't. And we generally, you know, we'll sell our variants for regular price, but a lot of stores, yeah, they'll put up, you know, they get like one of these sketch covers or whatever. They'll put it up on the wall and sell it for 250 bucks or something like that, which is crazy that anybody would pay that because those books, if there's any book that drops in value more than that, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Like if you pay $250, say for like your infinity number one sketch cover in eight months a year it's not gonna be worth but, but with these companies like avatar and idw it's like stuff where like every issue has like two or three covers yep it gets more. a little confusing for people when they're coming in you know not too regularly and they're like did i buy this issue i don't know i don't recognize <laughs> yeah. this cover or whatever yeah those multiple covers definitely end up uh th- being responsible for a lot of returns yeah yes. <laughs> uh yeah so uh I, I think maybe we're on the same page as you pat yep. <laughs> uh so that's it for the questions this week but we got three questions thanks everybody yeah, thanks yeah, for sending good. in questions Woo! three questions times three yeah, yeah yeah one one of them was was triple question we got nine questions uh if you guys <laughs> have questions you can send those questions to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com yeah. or you can send them to our twitter at bigplanetcomics you can send them to our ask box on our Tumblr, bigplanetcomics.tumblr.com. That's what Kevin did. Kevin, uh, w. Kevin w. Yeah, yep. I was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> you could, or, uh, yeah, there are, there, are, there are a Contact bunch of ways. Us. We are available. I wonder if we could put a box on the webpage where people could ask, 
like say you can put box brown we we'll put box brown on our web page just a picture just a, of him dancing oh i just thought like a skype he'd be on all the time <laughs> taking not, questions it's like uh hey you got questions uh live chat now and it's like hey this is box That'd how can amazing. i help you I'm like home. uh what was andre the giant's best match ever <laughs> uh wrestlemania 3 then he's yeah, say wrestlemania 3 so don't ask him that question he's heard it enough times, you guys. yeah uh yeah so that's it should we do some reviews yep let's do it we love comics they're swell Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right. We just have a few books this week, but up first is a fun book called Big Trouble in Little China, number one. This is, uh, is this co-written by John Carpenter and uh, Eric yep. Powell? The story is uh, by John Carpenter and Eric Powell, and, and the, the script is by Eric Powell. And it's uh, drawn, and Eric Powell is the guy that did The Goon. Yeah. Uh, it's drawn by giant, uh, Brian Chiria, who did... Um, what the did he do? Uh, anchor? Yeah, yeah, which is a cool book. Uh, um, and John Carpenter is <laughs> the director of Big Trouble in Little China and also Salt of Ghost, Ghost, Ghost of Mars. And The Thing. Oh, Ghost of Mars. Um, yeah, and The, uh, the Thing, Ghost the new one. <laughs> yeah. Not the new one. Uh, so this is cool. This is uh, basically a, it takes place right after the movie. Yeah, directly. Which, and, ends on a cliffhanger and they answer the cliffhanger. Yeah, so Jack Burton is, uh, you know, back on the long haul driving his truck. Uh, and well, we honestly gotta say, like, it, what if you've never seen the movie? We gotta address that. We'll, we'll we'll just do the comic, but we need to address. If, if you've, you've never, never seen, seen the movie, movie, don't read this. <laughs> yeah, it I would not. Know. I feel like it won't make a lot of sense. You think like the tone won't come across well enough? No, I feel like the what's happening won't make sense. Like people won't understand who any of the characters are. Yeah, like they'll be like, who is he going to talk to? Like immediately after this, like who is he? <laughs> who is the person they're talking about that Straight, he fought? So basically the giant uh, demon ape that uh, hitchhikes on the back of his car, which is like a, at the his very truck. end of the movie. Uh, his truck, sorry. Um, shows up and it's he thinks it's about to man. eat him and it ends up uh, he wants to be his friend because he killed Lopan and now um, it's his. He, he, it's the demon serves him instead of uh, Lopan because he killed him. Which I think is a fun conceit. He's got some evil mojo attachments to him. So yeah. And so he, he goes back to to Chinatown to try to get rid of this ape, <laughs> and that's uh, that's where the story starts. He ends up at the wedding of um, his pal. What is his name? Wang. Man, I forgot his name. Wang. Uh, yeah, I forget because there's, there's a couple of Wang jokes. At least. There are. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so there are a couple of Wang jokes in this, so it definitely keeps with the tone of the movie. Yeah, and there's <laughs> a funny thing where he uh, he talks about his um, his past where he, he got married to this uh, extremely grotesque woman and had to battle uh, Mexican wrestlers and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, so basically he wants to get this, this uh, ape demon off of his back. And at the end of this issue, he gets sent on a ridiculous, unrelated quest. Yep, that's related. Uh, people show up that that are um, angry about him killing Lopan, like Lopan's followers. Yeah, the wing um, right? No, I, yeah, I don't. I don't mean that that the person giving him the quest is unreal. I I just mean that like the nature of the quest is like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, just go fetch these three things. Yeah, which is fine. That's like a classic story, and I feel like it's uh it's really fun, and uh, yeah, I thought this whole issue was great. It yeah, was really fun. Uh, if you like the movie, it's uh, it, definitely the humor is there. And I, I think the art style is a lot of fun, too. Yeah, but Ryan Tria's art is great. I, um, I think it's a little weird because he's trying to ape, like, the looks of people. But he's got, like, it's a more of a caricatured yeah. look of people. It's not, like, the, the it's not like photorealistic, you know? Yeah, it's not like the yeah. Star Trek comics or something. It almost reminds me of, like, Mad Magazine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's better. Uh, like, he's, he's actually a good caricaturist. So, yeah. like, yeah. his version of uh, Kurt Russell in this really fits in with his art style, but also looks like uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> and looks like it could be a 
Kurt Russell action figure. It's a really funny story from today. Somebody came up and we had this at the counter. And this guy was like, hey, man, the guy in this cover looks a lot like that actor. Um, what's his name? Uh, I was like, Kurt Russell? He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's a sequel to Big Trouble in China. He's like, what's that? <laughs> He's like, no, I mean Kurt Russell from Executive Decision. <laughs> He's like, I've only ever seen the, what is it? Computer or sneaker with the, the computer war tennis shoes, yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. He looks like that guy from Computer War, <laughs> all grown up and scruffy. Uh, yeah, so I thought that that was a good book, a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, I feel like fun. Big Trouble in Little China, it's awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I feel like they should have given it a subtitle on the cover because people are like, Oh, is this just an adaptation right. of Big Trouble uh, in Little China? Yeah. It should have been like Big Trouble in Little China 2 or Big Trouble in Little China again, or yeah. Something. I, I feel like if like they even bigger trouble in Little China, yeah, if they just called it Big Trouble in Little China 2, that would have been awesome because it says right in here the continuous. Adventures of Jack Burton, the Pork Chop Express, on the inside, and they should have just said continuing adventures. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was yep. really good. All yep. right. Up next, we have a couple mini comics. This is a Center for Otherworld Science, number one and two, which is uh, basically four stories from. Uh, They're all kind of one story. Though. Yeah, 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 one but, story, but broken down into four chapters yeah. between the two issues. This is by Shin Yin Kor, and it's just about. Um, people that work in a center for other world science yeah basically the opening story is a very cute wordless one of a giant kind of blue bug worm what would you call that thing yeah, they, they, bug? They, they call yeah. it something they call it bug I it's think a bug, bug. yeah <laughs> but yeah uh which is just kind of telling through the earth and being a cute little thing and then you realize that in fact this is a monstrously sized huge creature that is killing people and people are all in these like hazard mat suits but it's not it's not killing people it. like it's killing people like almost accidentally or just yeah, to, like, like it's keep just it out so of its big cave. and so hungry it's just like you know it's, it's almost like people are like you know insects to it it's yeah. benevolent like yeah. godzilla it's cute yeah. Sometimes. Like Godzilla it's, sometimes. It's like Godzilla protects the earth, but he doesn't care about humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. Uh, but yeah, and then the second chapter in the first issue uh, is from the people's point of view, and it's just like what life is like dealing with these sort of huge bugs. And the, clearly they're in this like uh, hazardous environment all the time. They're always wearing hazmat suits. It's like how do you have a life when you can barely recognize each other and like you're being killed by these bugs all the time and you've got these very intense like dangerous environment all the time uh, but other than that it's just like a sweet drama story about like when yeah, I mean, someone gets killed in the first thing by this bug and then it's like all the people dealing with it like the funeral and like all and the people of, that were dating yeah. him and and then uh, people sort of in their morning uh, yeah. you develop a romantic relationship yeah and yeah it's like a kind of like heartfelt story about people in hazmat suits yeah mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was really cute i thought it was well done i thought there were actually a couple moments that were really emotionally yeah. resonant in it which kind of surprised me going into it i wasn't really sure what to expect and uh, yeah it's yeah. such a radical shift from the bug first chapter and then to the human point of view yeah and i uh, really enjoyed the human stuff like the yeah. bug the bug thing was fun and it kind of sets up that they're in this crazy universe where yeah but it's happen. also wordless so it reads rather quickly and yeah. then there's much more story happening with the others and to spoil a little bit there's a twist that the humans one of the humans at least might have some sort of connection with the bugs so there's definitely some extra layers going on there. This is going to be a continuing thing. I think she's doing it on our website, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but the art, uh, was, what did you describe it? Like kind of watercolory. Yeah, it's definitely watercolored. Cute, uh, very cute art style. Uh, the bugs in particular. Uh, the humans that have very thin legs are kind of like just drawn as straight little lines and then these big puffy suits uh, for the rest of their look. And like I said, they're always in their suits, so you never see any real emotions or facial expressions or anything. But I think it fit. I think it was a good. Yeah, I thought I thought the art worked across. With the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah I enjoyed it. There you go. Cool. Up next, we've got Princess Ugg number one. This is a new all ages book from Oni. 
Uh, this is written and drawn by Ted Nafa, who drew, uh, wrote and draw the f- drew the first uh, Polly and the Pirates, and uh, Courtney Crumrin. Yep, and uh, drew the uh, Good Neighbors, Holly Black stuff, and uh, he's got a really cool art style. Uh, and which has always been a little bit Disney influenced, and I think he takes the Disney stuff maybe to the next level in yeah. this. Uh, this is a this is the story about a little girl princess, or maybe she's not a little girl. Is she a teenager? She's much she's shorter. Like, she's like thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. She's Off definitely much school, shorter so. than everybody else. But uh, yeah, so um, uh, and her name is Princess Ugg or Olga. Olga. Yeah. But yeah. people call her Ugg. And basically, uh, there is this meeting of princesses that's going on. No, it's basically like a like, it's like a, a, oh, yeah, it's like a, a finishing, finishing school. school for yeah, princesses. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, and so she goes to this school where everybody else is like prim and proper. Yeah. And she's this barbarian princess. And uh, she's basically Conan's daughter. Yeah. She's yeah. like from a land called Grimeria. She's not even Samaria. like Conan's daughter. She's like, like Conan if Conan. he was a little girl. Well, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so, so when she shows up there, it's just like uh, a kind of turns into a fish out of water story. Yeah. And. Um, that's, that's most of what happens in this first issue. Except that she's, like, uber violent, not in, like, a, you know, a mean kind of way. She's just always been trained to fight. And so any situation she runs into, like, misunderstandings and stuff, she just naturally will fight back and quickly runs into other princesses who are much more yeah, she's pampered from like than a, her. And like a harsh ice kingdom. Thing, and so yeah. she's kind of used to always having to fight for survival. And, and she rides a woolly mammoth. Yeah. Which I think was and a she's dealing with these uh, these princesses who are like carried on the backs of like slaves and stuff. And, yeah. Um, it's an interesting dynamic and it's pretty funny. I, it feels like um, it feels like this would be a good kind of Disney animated movie. You know, it's, yep. a, it's got that kind of vibe to it. And I liked it a lot. Yeah, for sure. Remind me of Brave a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I also like the coloring in this a lot, particularly the the watercolor pages. I thought were really well done. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah it was a fun book, a fun first issue. We'll be curious to see where it goes. Yes. All right, we just have one more thing this week. This That's is uh, this one summer. This is drawn by Jillian Tamaki uh, and writ who and written by Mariko Tamaki, the same team that did Skim. Yeah. And then uh, Jillian Tamaki also does a great um, comic on the web called Super Mutant Magic Academy. And this is about a girl named Rose going to uh, stay by the lake with her. Or is it yeah. by the ocean? I think it's a lake. I think it's the ocean. With her friend Wendy? Uh, and her friend Wendy, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just kind of about what can happen in a summer. Yeah, it's, it's just like a week, maybe even. If there's yeah, there. yeah, It's a short period of time. It's um, So she's probably, what, 15? She's fi- she says she's 15 or 16, 15, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the other girl's younger. No, yeah, the other, girl's year, the other girl's a year and a half. Oh, younger. okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they've been going to this beach every summer um, and staying in this little cabin. So their parents are friends and they hang out all the time. And so it's just like they haven't seen each other in a year. And this is largely just in the short period of time what kind of dramatic life lessons and there's definitely a, a coming of age type yeah story. but there's also a lot of pressures with her parents are not quite getting along and there's like what's going on with that but then she also is you know they're both both the girls are growing up a lot so it's like kind of them dealing with each other after not seeing each other for a while but the kind of impetus uh, is like them running into some other teenagers who work at this little beach resort place and kind of the dramas of this like very uh we say small town yeah community. it's very just very much just kind of like a slice of these kids life at this in this particular summer like there's kind of resolution but there's not a resolution to to certain things it's it's more of just kind of seeing where they are at this point in their lives and it's very interesting there's a very good um kind of understanding of how family dynamics work and how um how how kids yeah, like, like how, kids who are just and, becoming adults kind yeah. of um, understand the world and uh, it's really fun and and just 
very parts of it are really it feels fun. very real yes um you know the, these girls spend most of their summer just kind of watching horror movies and swimming and they get Eating kind of wrapped candy. up yep. and, and you know they're so bored that they get wrapped up in in the world around them and they 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 get so interested that they try to actually spy on people and try to find out you know what's happening around them and um at the same time uh the main girl rose is dealing with some family issues her her parents are fighting because you know they want to have a kid and or maybe something, there's a lot of her, like, there is, trying to figure out what's yeah, going something on. Yeah, something there's not right and they won't really talk to her about it so she's kind of just overhearing things and thinking um you know thinking that this happened but she's not sure and she's kind of angry at one parent but she's maybe shouldn't be and yeah, it's, a lot of it's, it's like, very like a, very realistic in as that a way. kid trying to figure out what's happening then you're not being told the real story because right. they're not treating you like an adult even though you're now wise enough to pick up on all the unspoken clues it's also stuff. like the uh the, you know like uh girls identify with their father and, and boys identify with their mother and so obviously you know she picks her father's side no matter what because it's kind of that you know that electric complex i guess and it's, it's what it's called it's also kind of about um you know how it's I, th- I thought the friendship between the two main characters was really interesting yeah. because um you know there's obviously one side of that friendship is much stronger than the other side i feel yeah. like yeah and the one and the one girl's since she's slightly older she's kind of coming into that phase where she's getting tired of the childhood things and yeah. the one girl's still kind of into it and she kind of wants to still be fun and but she, but then she also doesn't want uh wendy who is the younger girl basically doesn't want rose to know that she's still into these childish things. right so uh i thought one of the things that was like very telling about their dynamic and and a very sort of telling about the way the storytelling is in this book right. is that uh in the beginning wendy keeps saying things and whenever she sees that rose doesn't like them she says she's just kidding right and then uh there's the and then Rose hits this point where she's like, you have to stop saying just kidding. Like, people will think that you're never serious right, and right. you're not a serious person. And then the next time Wendy says something that she's uh, that she feels like is too childish, she says just kidding. And then she apologizes to Rose. And it's like this really sad moment yeah. in the book. And I feel like the whole thing is kind of like that. It's like, it's like there's a lot of nuance like that in the storytelling. I thought it was really well done. There are also a couple moments that are really fantastic where it's just like, like I felt like I was seeing things through eyes that i used to have like like there's a part where um uh uh wendy is like watching these two people and then she she has this little uh like uh jelly gummy foot thing and she just like lifts it up in front of her eye and she's like looking at them through the eye and it's like just like little stuff like that that just like it was very evocative i thought it was a real i just thought it was a really fantastic book yes it definitely captures that kind of summer teenage awkward period of, of of people's lives and it captures a lot and it it, um, it weaves it together really well which yeah, I it's think very is, universal it's not just, but it's not just like that one story it's like it's got no. so much going on in this that but, no, but overall it all it's so well it, together it's it's got that kind of like you, you can relate to it it feels like something that could happen to anybody yep. kind of like yeah and it yeah it just feels very real because of that and yeah. also also because of that it feels very funny because it's very relatable yeah and, yeah uh yeah i i loved it. i think we all loved it and by the way the art is fantastic it's, it's like so uh yeah. it looks like it's all done with like brush or brush pen mixed with like ink washes and stuff and it's got such a got such like a loose dynamic art style and uh it's very expressive yeah. um but then also really good like backgrounds you really get a feel for the setting of this little kind of like especially when they start exploring the town and get away from like the touristy spots you get in this kind of like run down ragged part of like the locals who just live their lives in this yeah, it feels place. like a very real place yeah, yeah. overall I, I came out of it feeling very nostalgic like it yeah. like none of the stuff that happened in it specifically were things that kind of happened to me 
but the feel of it kind of got me thinking about stuff like that happened that you to me do at that kid. age yeah. and how I reacted to things like that. And it's very uh, so evocative. Yeah, it's very well done. Yeah, and and very well paced. Like the um, the it's interesting because it has this kind of lazy pace to it, where some of the scenes either you know it's just like here's something that they did for a day that maybe doesn't have anything to do with what's going right. on in the story. It doesn't move it forward, but then maybe. Uh, a couple chapters ra- later, you realize something kind of important did happen. Yeah, it contributes to the overall. Yeah, so uh, yeah, really great. Uh, one of the best graphic novels I've read so far this year. Yep. I think uh, yes. it'll definitely be something we'll be talking about at the end of the year when we do our best stuff. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it for our reviews. Yeah. Highest recommendation. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. I don't oh, know. We're doing this. That's end of our regular review section. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're just going to talk about some spoilery stuff. We decided to do this at the end of the podcast. Uh, so if you haven't watched. X X Men uh, Days of Future Past, past? Or, or you haven't seen Original Sin, or seen Original Sin, uh, or <laughs> have not seen uh, the last episode of Game of Thrones. We'll oh. talk about all these things. Are we going to talk about that too? Yeah. That's oh, not I haven't comics. seen that. That's all right, Jared. <laughs> no, I read the book. You guys are jerks. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's do so that do. now. Let's do it. All right, this is all you talking sh- whatever, uh, where we talk about whatever we want. So uh, if you don't like spoilers, don't listen to this part of the podcast. Yeah. Bye bye, you guys. All right, so Days of Future Past, X Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, we all saw it. Fine, man. What do you guys good. think? <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it was it was a kind of a weird movie. So it starts off with um, what what does it start off with? Does it, st- it starts off it in the future? With the the horrible burned out New York City. Yeah, yeah there's like a crazy Sentinels action scene. People. Yep. And they introduce a bunch of new characters. Like Blink is in it. And uh, was Colossus in any of the other movies? Yeah, he's, in, uh, he's, he's a little had, bit like, in, cameos in the first few. He's a little bit in uh, the second one for like uh, one scene. Yeah. And then he's in the third one, I think, for a bit. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like uh, basically, it's, so it's weird. It's like Kitty Pride can somehow go into people's brains and yeah, send them know, back. Yeah, that, that was the past. one part where I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, why don't they just use Professor X to like send people's minds back in time? Was that uh, Kitty Pride? Yeah, because no, they wanted to have Kitty Pride, I guess, be because she's like the original person that got sent back in the comics. So they wanted her to be in it. Yeah, they wanted her to be weird. like kind of a focal point of some sort. And that was Ellen Page, and she was cool yep. in it. I wish she had been in it a little bit more. Yeah, but, uh, or had anything to do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so she sends Wolverine back. Basically, they figure out like this terrible future that they're in was created when Raven Darkholm, uh, Mystique, killed um, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, <laughs> Bolivar Trask, Bolivar Trask, <laughs> and uh, the creator of the Sentinels. So they send Wolverine back to stop that from happening. And then it turns into this kind of like goofy comedy about like Wolverine being in the seventies. Yeah, he wakes up with like a lava awesome. lamp and uh, a waterbed. A waterbed. <laughs> and there's a part where he like stabs the waterbed with his claws, and water starts squirting. He pulls out his claws, and he's like, "Oh, they're bones! They're claws. bones!" And then he like he stabs the waterbed, and like water squirts up in the air. I was like, "What is this movie?" So I guess I guess, <laughs> I guess he got his adamantium in the eighties, right? I guess so. Uh, and no, then I think it was the seventies. Also, also, there's a funny thing online where they show um, from. The third movie, they show Professor X in the 80s because there's a part where it's him in the 80s going to find Jean Grey. And he's basically still like young Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and then they're like, uh, this place it takes place in the 70s. Like he aged a lot in like, yeah. the 10 years <laughs> in between. Lost some hair. Um, but anyway, so yeah. like uh, Yeah, so he goes back and he has to like find Professor X who's doesn't use his powers anymore. It's all burned out. And like get him to help for some why does he need him to help him? They, they, he needs <laughs> he just needs to stop Mystique and uh yeah, he, like, he knows where she is, you know, cuz he he's got cerebro or whatever. He's got cerebro and he's friends with her and uh you know. So 
Yeah. He, go, he goes to do that. They don't believe him. And eventually they believe him. And then they, uh, Wolverine's like, I know somebody who can help us. And it's like, who? It's Quicksilver. Yeah. So and, Quicksilver uh, was my favorite part this of this was movie. Yeah. And the Quicksilver part of the originally, movie. Um, I hate, I still hate the costume. It's kind of uh, terrible. But I think it's kind oh, of. This? No, I thought it was I good. think it's kind of all right for like, he's like a really dorky kid from yeah, the 70s. Yeah, he's like a, yeah. like a glam rock uh, fan. Yeah. Um, he's got yeah. like a Pink Floyd shirt on. Um, and uh, Everybody's favorite glam rock glam band, rock Pink, Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Pink Floyd. Um, <laughs> Pink Floyd. Pink <laughs> Floyd. Yeah. Um, and his sequence is great. Um, there's yeah, a so that's the best part. scene where he just. Yeah. Yeah, there's a part where everything goes in slow motion, and uh, I can't remember what song plays. It's like a classical song or something, yeah. right? But anyway, and he just like runs around this crazy scene where everybody's shooting at them and stops all the bullets and like messes with everybody. And that was just like a really fun scene, I thought. Yeah, it was one of the best, like, sh- like showing what cool powers can do. Yeah. There were a couple things that were weird. Um, I thought Jennifer Lawrence was better in, in this movie than she was in the last yeah. one. Like, a lot better. She had a little more yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah. And, uh, but there were, like, there was when Wolverine sees Stryker and he has, like, flashbacks yeah. and stuff to the Weapon X program. But then there's a scene, like, a few minutes later where Wolverine's, like, underwater and there are all these, like, rebar things yeah. sticking out of them. And it looks exactly like Weapon X. I'm like, why isn't he having a flashback right now? But, like, this is the most Weapon X thing I've ever like seen in my entire life. Well, yeah, but he dies, basically. It's like the yeah, scene though. from... Uh, where he gets his adamantium pulled out. It looks yeah. a lot like that. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought, like, I thought the movie was good. Like, it wasn't amazing, but I th- I still, I think it was the best X-Men movie. It's definitely the best. And I like First Class a lot. That's probably my second favorite. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Magneto was cool in this, and there's a crazy scene at the end where he basically, like... He lives RFK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was and uh, has it kind of surround the white house yeah, like, a, like a, a castle a little, little barrier he also takes control of all the sentinels yeah and, that was a little weird and i was like why doesn't he just have them do bad stuff and then nobody will want the sentinel program right. like he's controlling them yeah. why doesn't he just have them like shoot right. at everybody so i thought that was a little strange and then after well, he, he but he's kind of, he's also kind of like egotistical <laughs> but then they could have yeah. just stopped yeah <laughs> but he's egotistical so he kind of wants to be like I I'm talking for yeah. the mutants and we don't want to be messed with that's anymore. true um and then after the credits, i mean he wears a cape after the credits, though, <laughs> that's what we're really here to talk about, right? No, the after the credits scene. Oh, so I went to. Here's a funny story about that. So I went to I went to see it with my um, my girlfriend and her cousins, who are uh, all kind of Russian immigrants, and so they don't know too much about X Men, uh, and they 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 all like the movie. And then uh, I was like, oh, let's stick around to the end, and we watched the uh, the credits, and they were like, what? <laughs> they were just like, yeah. what in the hell did I just see? And then. Uh, Somebody said some customers were in the store and they said something really funny about it. Uh, like they obviously people who don't know, you know, X-Men history or whatever. And they were talking to each other and then one person was like, what was up with that scene at the end of uh, Days of Future Past? And, and the other person like talked like they knew what they were talking about. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's from the uh, the next X-Men movie. It's going to be about the original X-Men um, who were like from ancient times. <laughs> and it's going to be called X-Men Origins. Wait, what? I was like, awesome. I was like, I wanted to be like, no, you're wrong. Yeah, because after the credits is a scene of apocalypse as like a teenager building a pyramid, and people are going and Salvador, yeah, yeah. chanting his is that name. his name? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. And in the background, wait, isn't a... that the name of like the the Batman of Planet X or whatever? No, what? that's a uh, Zeranar. Zeranar. <laughs> Pretty good. And Salvador, and uh, in the background you see the four horsemen. Oh, which is kind of awesome. Yep, Rick Flair. Did you notice that? I, I saw four horsemen. I'm like, I don't know what else going on. Yeah, it's Rick Flair. It's Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, yeah. and Tully Blanchard. It's Apocalypse, man. Yeah, yeah. The four horsemen. Woo. And the next movie is called Apocalypse. So, do you think? So, basically, by the end of this movie, um, 
they've changed the timeline completely. Um, so not only are the Sentinels not existent in the future, also all of the stuff that happened in the next mo- few movies are like in one, two, and three of are completely erased. Particularly Jean Grey dying because and yeah, Cyclops dying. because uh, they're both alive. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like everything is erased. No, because, because part of the thing is that the teams gets put together. They all meet at the schools. You know, it's so like X-Men history isn't erased that they're not a mutant school and they don't know right. each other. But a lot of it is. So like, like the, but the first stuff the, was erased. The stuff from the – yeah, yeah. Um, For example, the stuff with Mystique wouldn't happen in the in the movies because now they they kind of have a different relationship with her. Maybe. She's not an enemy now. She's Maybe. kind of like a, an ally. And also – We don't know. Um, You're making assumptions, man. No, but also uh, no. Kelsey Grammer Beast shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's still alive. Um, Basically, I think – I think it could have changed everything, but basically what it did, they were just like, everything that you hated about X-Men 3, yep. we changed. But also, yep. like, uh, Wolverine Origins, because Stryker is now either dead or replaced by Mystique, so Wolverine's not going to go through that process, at least not the same way. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of curious if he um, now and has so metal claws that erases X-Men 2, because Stryker is, like, the main bad guy in that. Um Unless it was Mystique so, all along. Which who, but I don't care about well, that. I don't care about that. But I, I, I definitely feel like it erased all of the previous movies. Which is fine with me. Um, which is fine with me. And I, I I guess they'll probably... I guess everything except First Class, which takes place before the changes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, that's the only thing that matters. First Class is still there, and this movie is still part of the continuity. And then... Uh, and Hallie Blueberries. <laughs> oh, boy. I guess they'll show... Uh, they'll ha- they'll re- have to recast with uh, younger versions of, like, Cyclops and stuff. Um Maybe. I guess depending on where this next yeah. movie takes place. Because if it takes place in the eighties. I think it'll take place in after after yeah. yeah. I think it'll take place in the eighties. Really? I don't. One, the first one's sixties, this one's seventies. The next one has to be logically the eighties, right? I think it'll take place after the end of this movie. So yeah. like after Directly after it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. But I thought it was good. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot yeah. of fun. And uh yeah, I'm excited about the next one because it'll be more of the younger cast and none of the Do you think any of the uh, the older cast will show up? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to take place after. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, he thinks like current. Con- I think it'll timeline. be like. Yeah, I think it'll be all the people from the first couple of movies. Like Jean Grey and Cyclops and all. No, them. I think it's just going to be the younger cast. That's what I heard. Oh, really? So I think uh, that's because all this stuff with the the older people takes place like way in the future, and Wolverine's like. Well, he, well, here's a here's a thing. It's getting really confusing, like yeah. X Men comics. Is here's, a, here's another thing that didn't make sense. Uh, at the very end, so Wolverine uh, wakes up and he's in the in the future. That has been altered, and you know they have a school, which is it's basically like Wolverine and the X Men. He's a teacher, and all the uh, other mutants are teachers. But he has like gray hair, but nobody else does. And I'm like, well, wouldn't they have gray hair before Wolverine? Considering he's like immortal. <laughs> no, he's been around a long time. Cause, yeah, because Jean Grey has red hair. Uh, Cyclops right, doesn't but have Jean gray, gray hair. Would be like thirty, and Wolverine's like hundred and thirty. This is too dorky for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, but he doesn't have. You know, I mean, they would get gray hair before him. Well, no, I they wouldn't. You know, like I don't think the people that make those movies think that much about right. that stuff. That's true. So I think what they're thinking is, hey, remember when Wolverine had white streaks in his hair for right. a little while? Let's make him look like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's basically all <laughs> yeah. that's going on there. Unfortunately, um, I don't know. Hopefully, they bring back January Jones and Kevin Bacon. She's dead. 
Well, hopefully they bring her back. They, anyway. they mentioned that Emma Frost <laughs> is dead. They mentioned that the angel from the first movie is dead with the uh, All I know the is wings. the best thing that ever happened in the X-Men movies is when Kevin Bacon was like, hey, will you give me some ice for my drink? And Emma Frost goes out of the top of the submarine, <laughs> uses an ice pick to get ice off a glacier. That's great. <laughs> that's, great. That's, that's a good movie. I totally blanked that out. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, yeah, so Nick, you said you want to talk about Game of Thrones, even though that's got nothing to do with comic books. Yeah. Uh, there's a Game of Thrones comic book. <laughs> there is a Game of Thrones. There's some Hedge Knight comics. Yeah, Hedge Knight. Let's talk about Hedge Knight. He's a knight. Uh, he cuts hedges. I, I just wanted and somebody. I just wanted somebody to talk to him about. <laughs> uh, just about the um, the, the viper getting his head exploded. Episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely Prince happened. Prince Oberyn gets his head exploded. It was the goriest so, thing I've seen on Game of Thrones. Oh, really? And yeah, it's gorier boy. than the Red Wedding. So, oh, and boy. I have I hadn't you know I haven't read the books and I don't know much about things that happen. Um, and going into it, and I was like, all right. I was excited. And I was like, oh, he's winning. He's winning. And then, like, when he started talking, and he, I was like, oh, man, something bad is about to happen. He's like, tell them who did this. And then I was like, oh, something really terrible is going to happen. And then he starts pointing at, like, Tywin. He's like, tell me who ordered you to do this. And I was like, no, stop. <laughs> and then when he, oh, my God. He gets his head exploded. Yeah, he uh, turns him over. Yeah. Grab. Puts his fingers in his eyes and oh, pushes dude. his head until it explodes. Yeah. Um, and, oh, first he knocks out all of his teeth. Oh, boy. He punches yeah. him and all of his teeth fly out. Oh, jeez. Um, and then he's like, his teeth are missing and he's, uh, it's so graphic. And then it's just so disheartening. And he's like, Tyrion, you've been sentenced to death. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, Bolivar Trask. Not Tyrion. Bolivar Trask. <laughs> so it does tie into yeah, yeah. Uh, comics. It, it does. It definitely ties into comics. Uh-huh. Man, um, see what happens when Wolverine messes with the timeline. So I think the whole reason we wanted to do this section, though, was so because everybody wants to talk about Original Sin 3. Yes. Uh, so Original Sin, I guess we talked about the issue zero, right? Yeah. yeah but we didn't talk about issue one, which did is really not? when the story kind of kicked I off. I think we I did. Think. Did we, we? We vaguely talked about it. I thought we did. <clears throat> but anyway, so Original sin is the story where the watcher's been killed and uh they're trying to figure out who did it at the end of issue two again if you haven't read it don't listen to this part or if you don't care about spoilers whatever but uh at the end of issue two basically the orb shows up and he's like hey i did it no he's not i did it well i mean but it seems like he did it he's like i have uh one of the eyes yeah he's like i have the eye and it's about to explode so i'm gonna let it do that yeah so uh basically in this issue a couple crazy things happen. First, uh, the, the orb, eye explodes. Yeah, the orb uses the eye to like beam secrets at everybody. So all of the information the Watcher had stored in that eye beams out to everybody in the vicinity. And so anyone they, they who, specifically say that only people in the radius. So yes. Thor's like, I have a sister. Yeah. So yeah. Any secret about the person, they suddenly know it. Yeah. And then Hulk is like, Hulk smash Thor. Uh, Hulk smash Star Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I thought it was funny. They mentioned like that everybody just left and went home because they were like they're like we're too messed up man like yeah. this is no, messing I think, with our brains i, I think it's more that they're like i have to go deal with this immediately yeah, yeah. so like right. peter parker left and like i think it's it's basically one of the best like why we have a spinoff series tie-in i've yeah, ever I seen think this is the best I, this is a great idea for having spinoffs like tie-ins yeah it just makes more sense than it has like it's tie-ins other, yeah. that that you know infinity was like oh this tie-in um you know spider-man's fighting aliens um because they're invading earth but in this one, it's, like, uh, very specific. So, you know, um, if you read Avengers, they were like, oh, Captain America remembered that uh, the Illuminati erased his memory. Um, yeah. And then, like, Thor remembers that he has a sister. Or he knew, You know, he learns that he has a sister. And Daredevil learns that his mom, something terrible happened with his mother. Um, but that's a cool thing to have. It's almost like 
like retcons in every book, <laughs> like instantly, yeah. but like in in interesting ways. Yeah, not in unbelievable ways. It's just yeah. secrets coming out. Yeah, and it's which very I think is cool. it's very interesting. But and then at the end of this issue, yeah, but the, so this issue is uh, so. The whole thing is kind of this huge murder mystery. There's there's tons of mysteries actually yeah. currently going on. A lot of different investigations. Um, there's some mysterious person leading all these people. Um, we don't know who it is. Um, but there's cool teams. I love the Doctor Strange Punisher team. <laughs> yep. As like space CSI. Yeah, and then they, they go to like this uh, realm, other dimension, and uh, you know Doctor Strange is like, I don't even know why you're here. This monster was killed because of something, and they find a bullet shell and is like. Punisher's like, well, I, I know, like, ballistics or whatever. So he's like, I know how this guy got killed. And they kind of hate each other, but it's great. Yeah, it's like a buddy cop thing. It's good. And then, like, uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Moon Knight and Gamora, Gamora are, yeah. like, off in space. And they find out that this murder is part of a killing spree of kind of uh, cosmic beings. So they find kind of like an ego living planet type thing that's been yeah. killed. A living planet um, that's been killed. Also, yeah. previously... <laughs> That hasn't been shown in this, but in, like, an issue of Nova or something, or Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Infinity was also found killed. So I guess that's probably part of it. But then they're, like, getting closer and closer, and they're like, oh, trying to figure – we might be figuring out who this could be. And then crazy crazy yeah, stuff so, starts happening. Uh, <laughs> so basically uh, they're, like – Punisher's like, there are only 10 people in the universe that could have done this, and I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, tell me who the other people are. And then immediately they're like, wait winter soldier yeah and then it cuts to winter soldier and like uh with him and gamora and uh and uh no uh not nova uh moon knight are on the on this planet that's been killed yeah and then winter Winter soldier disappears for a second yeah and then and then it cuts to nick fury and then winter soldier comes in and he chops off nick fury's head yep and then the well, last... he shoots him in the chest. Yeah, yeah. First he, he shoots sh- his arm off, and then he cuts <laughs> off his head. And then the last panel of this comic is Winter Soldier holding up uh, one of the Watcher eyeballs and Nick, and Nick Fury's, Fury's decapitated head. head. Yeah. And he's talking about secrets that Nick Fury was was holding and stuff. There's also there's another mystery kind of piled on where um, Nick Fury didn't have any secrets revealed. Yeah, which is like he's you know he's one of the guys that full of secrets. So there's a reason why he didn't see anything. Yeah, which makes me think. Maybe he's an LMD, but <laughs> uh, I mean that would be the way to get out of this. But also, I wonder if they just want to kill off Nick Fury. Like, I feel like they probably do because they have two Nick Furies at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and they've got a cool Nick Fury. So, yeah. Um, um, let's see. So that was a crazy. I I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't flip through it before going th- reading it, and then it, it just built up. It was really well built up because first you had the scene with Punisher where he's like. There's only those this many people that could do this, and then you cut to these people, and they're like, "Oh, these bullets can do this." And um, Moon Knight says something like, "Oh, uh, it's you know only only this only a certain few people can do this," and he's like, "Yeah." And Moon Knight soldier says something like, "Yeah, that's right." And then he disappears, and their ship explodes, and <laughs> Moon Knight and Gamora like fall down. And you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah. So so far for me, this has been. The best Marvel big event book since, I think, probably Civil since War. Civil War. Since yeah. Civil War, for sure. Like, I feel like the pacing of it is great. Like, and yeah, like you were saying, just like even the way they build up to that scene. And just like having that mystery thing in it. And even even though we're seeing Winter Soldier now as like, you know, like, here's a lot of evidence that this dude did it. It's like still but not still even not 100% sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, you don't know what's yeah. going and, on. So, and yeah. even if you know the who done it, you don't know the why done it. Yep. So yeah, I and think you that know, there's so cool. many extra mysteries going yeah, on. Yeah, there's also there's, there's some things happening. There's, there's some missing, those shadowy figures. Yeah. Yeah. There's some some shadowy figures that are revealed kind of watching everything. And there's so many characters from Marvel Boy in it, too, that yep. I feel like Marvel Boy is going to end up playing a big part And there's a this. missing part of time, too, because there's a scene where 
Dr. Midas, who's also like got these fantastic force type powers, is like hiring Orb to help them get into the Watcher's Citadel or whatever. But at the same time, it cuts back to now, and Midas is like in his like thing mode, and he's like kind of undercover. dying, yeah, and yeah. something's wrong with him, but you don't know what happened in between. So there's like a lot of like interesting mysteries, and I think it's uh, it's very well paced, and uh, Jason Aaron's just killing it. I think this is. Definitely the best yep. Marvel miniseries in a while. So that's all. We just wanted to be able to talk about that. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the end of our spoiler section. I felt really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually good. we don't get to do that. Yeah, so. like people come in the store on Wednesdays um, and we're we like, do that every it. week. Now. Yeah. Did you guys read anything else this week that was just, like, really awesome? You guys read Moon Knight. I didn't read it yet. Oh, yeah. oh, Moon, Moon Knight was great. So I feel good. like Moon Knight has been really cool. Uh, it's unfortunate Nick said that, you know, Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby are leaving after issue six. Yep. Because I like what they're doing. Each issue is kind of its own it's like a, one-off a awesome story. Or adventure. It almost yeah. reminds me more of like Hellblazer or something yeah. than it does of like a regular superhero book. Like the, the second issue was about the, a sniper yeah. uh, killing people. The third issue was about like these punk rock ghosts. But yeah. they're all done in interesting kind of um, visual ways. Like yeah. uh, the sniper one, you focused on, uh, there was like... Uh, like a nine panel grid and uh, every time somebody get killed one of the panels would disappear yep. until there was only one panel and that's a very interesting kind of very visual. Eisner style yeah and this new issue story is uh, all like trippy space cosmic dreams yeah like he's and... going to the dreams and like I love that he is like his costume in issue three was nice. so incredible like he's yeah. like uh uh, yeah. The he's, god he worships is like, should, yeah. shouldn't you have like a costume for like you know uh, fighting ghosts? Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, I guess I have all this stuff. And then he comes out and he's wearing like a giant bird skull. He's on his wearing head. like the Kanchu costume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's so awesome. And then he has an even he has like a dream costume in this one that's like a throwback to like the old eighties costume. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's been such a good series. Here's another giant spoiler thing. Did you read <laughs> Batman Eternal? I didn't. Nope. Uh, no, I'm not no. caught up yet. I'll catch up Should and I then tell we'll talk. No. No. I'll, I'll no. catch up and no we'll spoilers. talk about that next week. No spoilers <laughs> in the spoilers. Here's a, a mild spoiler. <laughs> oh, you're jerk. There's something involving Alfred. Huh? Pennyworth? Pennyworth. No, a different Pennyworth. Okay. What? Well, what? Did uh, you guys read the new Miles Morales? Yeah. Did you read it? Yes. Oh, man. So, like, that's it's such a good book. And, like, the big thing for him that he's been, like, really debating whether he should reveal his secret identity to oh, his yeah. girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And also the Peter Parker thing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's the main thrust of the story. But just, like, the character moments of him, like, yeah. and this really tortured thing of, like... Do you think he's going to tell her? He has to. At like, the end, it seems like yeah, he's going to tell he's about her. It seems to. like he's going to, but I think that... He's going to check it out. The way something. they stopped was like, he could, it could go either way. Yeah. Sure. Which but I think is like, cool. But he's issue, like, I have something to tell you. But issue one was all about like how everyone's like, if you don't tell someone, it, you regret it. Yeah. Like, if they're really important to you, you have to tell them. And so. the, I, do you think that's Peter Parker? I don't know. Uh, it's hard. He's acting really weird in this he's, he's, actually, he's acting like a jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it and is. And the fact that he, didn't, I, he wouldn't tell Aunt May, like, I can totally understand that. Like, if he came in, like, really depressed and tortured that's like, I have to be secret now, I can't tell Aunt May, I would have bought it. Also, but he's just like, no, I don't want to hurt that old lady. You know? Also, the fact that Miles was like, um, he's like, oh, I met, are are you like the Peter Parker from the future that I met yeah. or whatever? And, or another and, universe. And or... this dude is like, uh, who is uh, probably not Peter Parker, but looks like him, is like, like, he's like I don't care, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as opposed so, to like, huh? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, I don't know, it's pretty interesting. I feel like... Uh, 
somebody today came in the store and they were like, oh, I want to read Ultimate Spider-Man. Should I read like the old Ultimate Spider-Man or should I read the new one? I'm like, read the new, new one. one. Yeah. It's like, it's so different and it's like such a cool story. And it's like, you already know the mythos of Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. And is, I feel like the, this is new. The, the first big run was like re-examining that. But this is like sort of taking elements of that and looking at it from a different direction, which yeah. I think is awesome. And plus he has different powers and stuff. So it's cool. <laughs> also, Loki from this week was good. I haven't read, read Loki. There's a part where he, he sees a secret room in Asgardia that has the nine kingdoms and an, an extra X on it. <gasps> so possibly a tenth kingdom. <laughs> cool. Oh, Kingdom X? Yeah, Kingdom yeah. X. Well, I'm sure that was the name of a crossover in the 90s at yeah, some point. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that is it for spoilers yeah. for this week. Probably. I want to talk more spoilers, but next week. Next, next week. week. Yeah, we'll more. talk about Batman Eternal. I'll catch up. <laughs> Me too. All right. See you guys later. See ya. Bye.